Good. Everybody ready today for some, uh, for some word? I see we have people watching in Uganda. Hey. Is that some of our team? or I don't know. California, Philippines, Florida, welcome all of you who are watching and tuning into our broadcast today. Praise God. If you have a Bible with you, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And uh, let's, let's get ready. 1 Timothy chapter 6 is the text for this series called Fight Training. Everybody ready to learn to fight some more today? Come on. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 reads, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So we're called to fight, right? We're called to fight a faith fight. People are fighting all kinds of other fights that they shouldn't be fighting. But to learn how to fight in faith is one of the most valuable things you could learn in life. You know that's true. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, well, you should learn how to walk in love. That would be paramount. You should learn how to be led by the Spirit. And you should learn how to walk by faith or, as it's, as it's put in this context, Fight with faith. Yeah. So I can put up a good fight, but I don't know if I can fight with faith. You've learned the wrong kind of fighting. (laughs) This kind of fighting is paramount to to our victory in life. Praise God. How many want to be victorious? Well, you know, you have to have a, you have to have a battle to be victorious. Did you know you just signed up for that? For opposition. I want, to be a, I want to be a victor. Well, then you have to overcome something. Yeah, come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> but not that you're volunteering to be victorious, just invited challenges. They seem to come to you whether you want them or not. Right. Everybody with me today? Yeah, come on. And uh, can you hear me out there loud enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. I wasn't testing based on your response or lack thereof. <laughs> just, just checking. But there is a fight to fight, and and this is a learned behavior, okay? So many things in God are learned. If we don't learn them, we don't succeed at them. They're not automatically obtained. It's not a passive existence we're called to live. We have to learn how to do this. We've all been trained, though, right? We've been trained how to deal with adversity, How have we been trained? Well, we've been trained by our models. We've been trained by parents. We've been trained by coaches, teachers, uh, pastors, hopefully. Uh, We've been trained by those we've observed. Whether they put it in a one, two, three, these are the three steps to victory uh, type of format, or they just lived it out. We've all observed people deal with with adversity and we see how they've responded and like, likely we've duplicated some of that. Yeah. And the, the bad news is it's not all good. Not, not every model has been an ideal example of how we should do this. Uh, some people, they, they have learned, they've learned to deal with adversity by yelling. Some have learned by blaming. They've learned from others. This is what you do. You blame people. You blame others for your problems. 
Some have learned to, that, that, that when you have hardship, you panic. Hallelujah. Some have learned to fight in the flesh. And they, they, they go at it with other people whenever things get real hard. Others have learned to use their faith to overcome. What have you learned? If you're now uh, teaching others, what are you teaching them? If others are looking to you as an example of how to deal with life, what are you teaching them in how they should respond? This is my goal, is, uh, is to teach, a, teach the correct response. Because it's a, it's a winning response. It's a godly response. I don't want to respond to things in an un, improp, improper way. Okay? Uh, let's remember this. Um, if you were here with us last week, you, you will recall that we were teaching about the children of Israel going into the promised land, and one of the obstacles that they faced were men of great stature, large people, <laughs> giants in the land, and they were concerned, we are insufficient, we are incapable of overcoming this great people in Canaan's land. But what we found out is that they weren't really battling giants. Their battle was not with these flesh and blood creatures. Their battle was with their own uh, unbelief. It was a faith fight whether they acknowledged that or realized that or not. Because Caleb was the same size-ish, we assume, as everybody else, and Joshua, and they are the ones that said, we're well able to do this. Let's go take this land. Why would you say that when someone who looks just like you says the opposite? In fact, more people, if they were to vote, and they did, apparently, Joshua and Caleb got voted out. The faith people got the boot, and the elders took charge. You know what happens when bad people take charge of a, of a nation. I'm just saying that's a principle we all know. The scripture says, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. You can tell the, the status of the rulers by how many people are rejoicing. And I didn't mean to get you know, into that, but you, obviously. That, that principle is, is, is still the case. It was the case with them. The righteous there, the ones who were believing God, were the ones that got outed and all the unbelievers got promoted. And that caused them 40 years in, in the wilderness until yeah. all those unbelievers died off. So, uh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Here's, how, here's what I was saying about that. They thought their fight was a certain type of fight, but it wasn't. Likewise, things that we deal with in life is not always what people think it is. Here's, here's common language. When someone uh, contracts a disease they will often use the language as I'm going through a battle or I'm battling X, you know, like cancer or something. I have a, I'm battling cancer. But hold on now. I want to challenge you to think differently concerning that disease or any other one. You're not battling cancer. Why? Jesus already kicked cancer in the rear end when he died for it on the cross. He already defeated every curse and every devil of hell and every disease. That's all over the scriptures. So when we're battling that, we're fighting the wrong fight. Amen. 
I understand people mean well, and I understand their intention. I'm not really criticizing anyone. I'm just saying, I think we ought to have a different, a different mentality concerning obstacles in life. That's not what we're battling. What we're battling is, 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 is unbelief. What we're overcoming, trying to overcome, is, is a fleshly effort to try to win a spiritual battle that Jesus already won. Our battle is to get in faith, which is a position of rest where I'm trusting in his finished work. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So that's the battle. Amen. See, when we're fighting a flesh fight, it is us versus the problem. And some of them, I don't know, if they're small, you might be able to win, overcome. Uh, But some will just take you out. Some are, are too big for that type of fight. Uh, if we're fighting a faith fight, it's not us against the problem, it's God against the problem. Yeah. See, if it's me against the problem, that problem might be massive and bigger than I can handle. Yeah. But if, I, if I'm fighting a faith fight, it's God against the problem and there's nothing too difficult for him. Amen. When I'm fighting a faith fight, the, the biggest demon from hell is minuscule. The largest mountain that I must face is, is small compared to God. So I've got to get this thing in the right arena and stop comparing myself and my ability and my strength, even even analyzing my own faith and saying I'm good enough or I'm insufficient. Quit. God in me is bigger. God in me is greater. His word is true and more powerful than anything I face. Hallelujah. So if I'll keep it in that realm, there's rest. There's peace. We overcome. Praise God. Now, Now, if you would... Turn to another place with me. Uh, Hebrews, just real close there, just a neighbor to Tim. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6. thought I'd use Hebrews today, you know, being Father's Day and all. Come on, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Would that qualify as a dad joke? I, yeah, that's good. That's good. It's a fresh one. I've never used it before. It just came to me right now. I wasn't going to tell the coffee part of that joke because that one's old and tired. All right. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Uh, Notice the language here that you do not become sluggish, but uh, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, Now, first of all, the word sluggish here translated from a Greek word that is pronounced like nothros, but you probably don't care about that. Uh, it, it, it is defined as lazy or figuratively stupid. <laughs> so we could say it this way, don't be lazy or stupid. <laughs> What'd you learn at church today? <laughs> that would be biblical. Don't be sluggish, don't be lazy or, 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 or stupid, okay? But, but, so the opposite of that, but then, but imitate those. So if we don't have any good examples to follow, we might find ourselves being sluggish, lazy, stupid, but, but, but imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises, so again, it goes back to the example. We're looking for examples. You can find them in the scriptures if you don't have any flesh and blood examples. But there are some around, okay? But we're supposed to follow those who do this. They, through faith and patience, inherit promises. 
Follow those who win. Follow those who succeed. Follow those who overcome, right? For example, if you have financial struggles, don't ask a poor person for advice. <laughs> if you're having troubles with getting fit, don't ask a, an out of shape person for advice. That's just kind of logical. You want a good visual, you want a good example. Someone who wins in the area you're struggling in. That's who you go to, that's who you look to. Hallelujah. All right. If you're having marriage trouble, you don't go to the person who's been divorced three times. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to, yeah. These are just as fresh as the Hebrews joke. Yep. Maybe a little more, val of more value though. Okay. But there are examples to follow and we should imitate these. One of the examples, if you keep reading that passage, Abraham is given. We taught on Abraham a while back in this, in this series, but he's one of those that we would follow when it comes to faith and patience. But uh, how many know you can love someone without following them, yeah. without following their example? Yeah. You say, well, I know these people and they're broke and got all these problems. You can still love them. Amen. You can still be friends with them. You know, I'm not talking about casting people out of your life because they failed. I'm just saying that they're not our go-to person for advice in a particular area. There may be other things in their life that they very much succeed in, but uh, just want to have that stark difference. So, so the, the example we're looking for here is faith and patience. Faith and, and patience. It, it reminds me of James 1 verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Think about the effect of patience doing its job. The end result is absolute fulfillment, completion. Absolute, I, I have zero lack in any area of my life. If I can get patience to do its perfect work, that's quite an outstanding statement. That's quite a promise. If I get this down, you mean everything's good? I mean everything's good. You're not missing anything in life. You have no lack. You have, there, there's nothing out of place. This puts a pretty high premium on this thing called patience. Amen. 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 Now, this is what everybody wants. Not everyone goes about it the same way or knows that what produces it, but this is what everyone wants. They want complete fulfillment. They want their life to be full. Nothing's lacking. Uh, I mean, how many people live today and they feel like there's something more? I just think there should, there's just gotta be something more. They feel like they're missing something. You know why a lot of people feel that way? It's because there's, there's something more. <laughs> that's very real I shouldn't feel this way well maybe you should it does exist but what we want to do is find out how to get to more and this scripture is a, a very very big key to this discovery um, it is obtained through faith and patience if you could get the faith and patience figured out then you would get to the more. 
say, well, this verse didn't mention faith. Keep, keep listening. You'll hear how they're connected. They are the same in essence. All right. Uh, but we're, we're, we're putting in this in the context of 1 Timothy 6, fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, we all like a 10-second fight, right? I mean, if you're, a, if you're a fighter or a boxer, how many know they want to knock the other person out with one punch? That would be ideal, all right? Let's just, bam, take them out, over, done, let's go have dinner, right? Uh, when it comes to uh, victories in our own life, we love the prayer of faith, the laying on of hands, I pray, and bam, just like that. I feel it. It's working. Glory to God. I got the answer. I got the victory. It's over. We've, I want that. And I want that all the time. Okay. And, and that's God's best. Uh, not that we have to wait for something. But the question is, what if you have to go more than one round? What if for some reason you didn't feel it right away? What if you didn't see it right away? What if everything didn't change at home or in the finances or any other area of life? Then are you going to go to round two? Are you going to enter the ring again, the faith arena once again, and are you going to keep fighting? Um, the, this is a fight we're talking about that produces real life results. The faith fight is not about learning to accept things. The faith fight is about overcoming, about, about literally changing circumstances. Hallelujah. I gave you those points last, last week, but that should be the goal. The goal is not to learn to accept the goal is to alter, to change, change in us, change around us. But this is the kind of fight we're fighting. And so why do people quit the faith fight before obtaining promises? Why do they do that? Because they lack, what's the word? Patience. Good, you all got it wrong together. <laughs> but I'm doing the preaching, so I'll take the blame. You, <laughs> they lack patience. They start strong and fizzle. And this is what we have to be ready for, that all of us are going to face the temptation to fizzle, to start right, to start in a good place, but then quit at some, somewhere along the line. Now, one of the main words, like the one from James translated patience, uh, the Greek word, uh, it means hopeful endurance, or cheerful, or hopeful endurance, constancy. Think about those, those words. You can see that someone will win the fight of faith when they are cheerful, when they are hopeful, and when they are constant. If someone is cheerful, hopeful, constant, they're going to win. They will come out on top. When someone loses their joy, they lose their expectation of things to change. That's hope. They are inconsistent. They're in there. They're out of there. They've got, they got faith words in their mouth. they got unbelief words in their mouth. They're, they're, they lack constancy. That's the person I don't know how they're going to, I'm, I'm going to say they're not going to win this. They're not going to be able to change their life or their circumstance. Being patient then, 
does not mean that you have to wait a long time. Patience is not synonymous with, this is going to take forever. It means that you remain the same regardless of time. I'll say that part again so the rest of you can enjoy it with me. (laughs) Patience does not mean you have to wait a long time. It means you remain the same or constant regardless of time. Time is not, is, is, is not something I'm, I'm conscious of. It's just I'm staying with what is right, what is true. I will believe this, period. Well, how long are you going to... What do you mean, how long am I going to... How long am I going to believe that? How long is it true? If it stops being true, then I guess I won't believe it anymore. But if it stops being true, it was never true to begin with. It's not like today's fluctuating truth. Your truth, your truth. The truth. It's either thus saith the Lord and he doesn't change or it's not. Hallelujah. There's a, Paul made an outstanding statement. I say outstanding. I don't know that I love it, but (laughs) uh, it's true. So I'm telling myself it's good. In, in, In the book of Romans, and, uh, and he said this in verse, uh, verse, chapter 5 and verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Okay, the Greek word for perseverance there is the same word as patience. So he said, we glory in tribulations. Now, how many are glorying in tri- tribulations? I mean... <laughs> Uh, is that like your gut reaction to problems? Hallelujah. Woohoo. <laughs> Come on, bring it. What a, what a happy day. But he said, yeah, that, that's what we do. Yeah, we, we glory in, in tribulations. Why? Are you just a glutton for punishment? You just enjoy, why would you say such an extreme thing? Why would you say something so out there? And, and then you're like our example, and we're supposed to do that too? Glory and trip. Now watch. He's not implying, he's not saying, nor is he implying that the tribulation was from God, nor is it the will of God, nor is God permitting it to happen. He's not invoking the name of God or the will or plan of God in any way. He's just saying these things happen. And so, you know what? We're going to glory in it. Now, 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 why would you glory in it? He gives the answer. He said, because it produces uh, perseverance or patience. It, in other words, he must have such a high opinion of patience that you would make such a seemingly, you know, unthought out <laughs> statement, but it's not. It's inspired by the Lord. But he had such a high opinion of the ability to be constant that he said, that is of such value to me. That is so, such a good character trait that I will even celebrate. I'll even glory in a tribulation because that's the outcome. Now, it's not always the outcome for everybody, but it is the outcome from the one who will glory in it and say, here we go, here's a workout. Here we go. Here's an opportunity to develop something. It's my ability to believe and continue to believe. 
It's my ability to fight the good fight of faith and go however many rounds it takes to win. That is of such value to people in life that the end result is they are perfect, complete, wanting nothing. If that will develop in me, I'll have a completely fulfilled life. And if I know that that is the result and I face some kind of opposition, I think, wow, I've wanted this. I didn't want the problem, but I want the outcome of this. Where my faith is so strong that it lasts more than a round. So bring it. This is my opportunity to please God. It's my opportunity to set myself apart from the average person who just whines when trouble comes. Well, that was kind of harsh, huh? But it's a mental shift to see the circumstance different. I'm about to develop something in me that will produce what nothing else does. And it's, again, it's not the tribulation in and of itself because that comes to some people and it ruins them. You've heard statements, some people get bitter and some people get better. It is our response to what happens that determines the outcome. Now, uh, James chapter 1 is another verse that, that has similar language to this. I'll put this up for you. James 1, verse 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, how many don't like that verse too? <laughs> yeah, I, haven't re- I don't read that one regularly. <laughs> I-, I want you to notice, what, keep, go ahead and put it up there again. Uh, I-, I want you to notice that it, the word count there. Count it all joy. Why count it all joy? Because it's not joy. He doesn't say trials inherently contain joy within them. No, they don't contain joy. He said, so this is what we do when they come is we count it a joy. Why would you do that? Why would you count it joy when it's not? Because of the outcome. Because if I treat it with that proper mentality, the outcome, go to verse 3, is that testing of my faith produces what? Patience or this ability to be constant. Remember, cheerful, hopeful, constant. If I can get cheerful, hopeful, and constant in my life on a permanent basis, I'll take a little opposition to get me there. Again, he didn't say God caused the trial. It wasn't God's will for the trial. It's just a, a matter of fact of this life. Those things will come. So your response will determine the quality of your life once it's over. Don't lose. Don't let it get the best of you. In the middle of things, smile and say the word of God is true. And I'm coming up and I'm coming out and I'm coming through. Come on, I'm going to overcome this situation by the authority of God's word in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you have to say that tomorrow, say the same thing. Say, what if if we're still going in a week? This is where faith and patience works. We just don't change. We say the same thing. Say, how long? Well, forever. Time's not an issue because it's true. We could say it this way, until we win. 
But then we're not going to stop saying it because it's still true. That's the condition of true faith. It's not bending. It's not wavering. Some of you have been in a place previously in your life and you were at a pretty good place with God, pretty good place in faith and walking with God and, and you've, you've backed off from that. Okay? Now, I'm not here to beat you up over it and God isn't here to condemn you over that at all. Uh, but, but you know that's the case. So what, what, what do I need to do? You need to add some patience to your life. It's that constant continuance. It's that ability to keep your smile on and stay in the place where you once were. Now, if you've drifted away, you can come back. God's merciful in that way. So don't beat yourself up, but get in this place and say, I see, I've responded to, to pressures of life, to other people, to circumstances, maybe to marital problems or financial str struggles, or maybe it's just by your own lust of things and material, whatever the case may be, but you've let those things drive you away instead of keep you in the same place. But if you add that, you won't ever do it again. Hallelujah. So how do you know that, that that's me? I know it only be by the Spirit of the Lord. I could show you my notes. I didn't plan to say that or some other things. The Spirit of the Lord wants to bring you into a place of steadiness, of constancy. So where you, you, can, you can take the battle no matter how many rounds it goes. You're just going to be present and consistent. Amen. Praise God. Go to, if you would, let's finish in this place. Have you turned to this one? Uh, it's right there close back in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Again, it's our response to what happens that determines the quality of our future selves. We will end with lack or we will end with abundance. If we learn faith and patience, we get everything we want. That's, based, that's what the scripture said. Remember James 1.4. You end up lacking nothing. It's like the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I am full of want. No, no. When the Lord is my shepherd, I have no lack. I lack for nothing. Why? Because he leads me into abundance. He leads me into a full, safe supply of everything I want and need in life. It's what we all want. You find anyone on the street, that's what they want. Go down and talk to people. Go, go, go out to Father's Day lunch today. Ask the server what they want. They want this. They might not know how to get it. They might not know the method unto it. They might be looking for, you know, looking for it in the wrong place. But it is what we want. He, the Lord has just given us the answer here. Now someone could say, I don't know if that's, that's correct. Well, why don't you do it? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Why don't you put yourself out there and say, I'm going to go, I'm going in full on, not halfway. You ever jump off a cliff in, into like water? Like <laughs> some things we used to do when I was younger. Might still do it. 
but jump off cliffs and sometimes, unless you're really brave, you, your heart beating, depending on how high you are, it's like, <sighs> sometimes you're either going to do it or you're either going to chicken out and walk back down or you're just going to say, I'm going for it. And you just decide and jump. And then usually it's fine, depending on how high you are. <laughs> But then it's fine. It's like, whew, I did it. And then next time it's easier. Yeah. Come on, do that with the Lord. With God, though, you're not in danger of injuring yourself. Go all in. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore, we do not cast away, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Why, why Why would someone even have to be told that? Apparently we do. Confidence is a faith word. He said, don't cast it away. Don't cast away your, why? Why why not do that? Because it has rewards attached to it. So don't give it up. You'll be rewarded unless you give it up. The the, the picture here uh, of the the words is is a reference to cowardly soldiers who threw away their weapons and, and ran from a battle. That's what they, what they understood this to mean. Casting away your confidence. I'm leaving the battle. I'm throwing away my weapons. He said, don't do that. Don't do that. Your faith is your shield. Your faith is, is what we use to overcome. Remember Ephesians 6, the shield of faith. Don't cast away your faith. Don't cast away your confidence. It's what you need to overcome. It will be necessary to put you over the top in this battle. Hallelujah. Verse 36. For you have need of endurance. What's another word for that? So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. This patience we're talking about, we could say is faith over time. That's why I said earlier, this is really the same thing. Patience is when you stay in faith. It's that constancy. Without it, we will quit. If we started the fight in a right way, we started the good faith fight, meaning we believed God's word, why would we change? Well, I haven't seen it produce any results. You gave it, that's because you put a little time frame on it. That's good. So you mean God is holding back? No, I don't mean God is holding back. I just mean sometimes your faith is, is active and at work producing a manifestation that you can see and feel. And if it doesn't happen in a minute, I like the minute, again, or 10 seconds. Uh, but if it hasn't, was it true what I did? Was it accurate? Did I believe something that was clear and, and precise? Am I acting on the word of God? Then why back off? It's, it's illogical to quit is what I'm saying. It's illogical to not be constant and not continually hopeful. If you ever find yourself thinking about a challenge and a frown comes on your face, get your slapper out. Not the clapper, the slapper. Right? Say, don't you do it. This, you develop here. You exercise your faith by being constant. And your patience in that state will produce everything you could ever need, you could ever want. God hasn't changed. His word remains the same. Amen. So what's the word? Don't stop believing. 
Don't quit. Never give up. How long should we fight using our faith? Until we win. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for working in here today. You are so good to us. Your mercy endures forever.